So they're Sean. And they're Maggie. We're the Bob Snobs, and I want to ask you one question, Sean. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. For I want you to answer. Time. I want you to give it to me straight. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. Thank you. For background information, this is our third attempt at recording. Our first two attempts have been lost to the, the void. void. R.I.P. Our first two attempts. Um, Thanks, Audacity, for fucking us over. Thank you very much, Audacity. We love and appreciate your free programming, but we also hate you. Yeah. So, Thanks. Thanks for the free service. I have no idea when we're going to put this out into the world, but in the present, it's Christmas, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, December the 16th at the time of recording. We are not religious folk, but we appreciate a good holiday. Chris, a good holiday episode, especially if there's singing involved. Today, we just watched It's a SpongeBob Christmas. Christmas Who has a very strong start with the pirate in the painting that we all know and love. I believe he is a nameless man. He says, are you ready for Christmas, kids? And that was cute. And throughout the theme song, there are little sleigh bells. And it is sung by what appear to be Christmas caroler, car- uh, Christmas carolers. Carolers. It's a tongue twister. I'm sorry. I can't be as talented as you all the time. You gotta get on my level. Gotta get on Sean's level. So that started well. And then we cut to the man, the myth, the legend, Patchy the Pirate, who is a living man, not a cartoon, with his bird companion, who is made of paper mache and hangs from... And probably foam balls. Yeah, probably foam balls. I'm, I am not a crafter. I don't know the intricacies of crafting. Neither do I. Yeah, no, but you're probably right. There's probably some uh, balls within Potty the Parrot. <laughs> He's probably got some balls in him. Way up in him. Hiding up there. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What have I done? It took me to listening to these two episodes for me to realize that the bird's name is Potty and not Polly. It's a twist on the old Polly want a cracker. Because it's Potty. But Potty like want a kiss. toilet. Oh, Potty want a kiss. That could mean like poop. Gross. What does Potty want a kiss have anything to do with poop? Potty is where you go to the bathroom. Yeah. What does that have to do with kissing? Like, kiss kiss it with your butt. With your butt lips. I'm sorry. That was a terrible <laughs> image. I can see that I've made a mistake. Well, that's hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. So, Patchy is handed a fan letter, a piece of fan mail. Uh, it's this kid talking about their own experiences with Christmas and I think what Spongebob's experiences with Christmas is I sort of lost attention around the letter because That's I was fair. laughing a little bit with uh when it came to this letter is from and then there was a the official announcer's voice of name and address withheld that was fun 
And I was distracted by laughing from that. And I think that was the first time that I properly laughed in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Which there were several times in this episode where I laughed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a good hearty chuckle a few times. So he starts narrating this. How does SpongeBob celebrate Christmas? And Patchy doesn't really answer this. He's just like, there was once a time where no one in Bikini Bottom had heard of Christmas. And so we just sort of immediately fade away to SpongeBob, and he's like uh, sneaking up onto Sandy's tree dome, uh, and he sort of rolls over there like, I'm going to sneak up on her with my new karate trick. And uh, we never get to learn what this trick is, because um, at this moment, uh, Sandy plugs in a few cords and a bunch of Christmas lights light up on her tree and Spongebob is immediately freaked out. Um, Which sort of confused me because it's just like you, they have, we've seen that they, they have electricity in Bikini Bottom. They do. And they have electricity that works underwater. So why would they not be able to make the leap that electricity works, you know? outside of water oh maybe like when like when we see a light bulb turn on underwater we're like well that wouldn't work in real life because water and electricity don't mix maybe it's the opposite for them and so they'll look at electricity that's not in water and they're like how does that electricity interact with oxygen wouldn't it combust maybe it's not technology the way we know it maybe it's some advanced form of clean energy that will save us on the surface (laughs) or maybe it's even more destructive to the ecosystem we know we will never know the deep spongebob lore unfortunately but he's been inside sandy's house before and she's always inventing new things that but i suppose she could be running off of like mechanisms rather than electricity maybe she came to the ocean to study the sea creatures green energy yeah, blue energy because it's the it's water. <laughs> Yellow energy because it's SpongeBob. No, never mind. That was de- that was bad. Not yellow. Not yellow. Never yellow. Never yellow. So SpongeBob enters Sandy's tree dome, um, assuming that her tree is on fire because there are Christmas lights up on it, and he throws a bucket of water on Sandy. Rude. She wasn't on fire. Also not helping the tree fire that he thinks is happening. Like, congratulations, you've now doused Sandy in water. Maybe he just has really bad aim. True. So he douses Sandy with water, and she's understandably upset. And Spongebob explains his goal to put the tree out. And she says, ain't you never seen Christmas tree before? How was that? That's, Did you like my accent? That's slightly worse than the last one. Thank I think. you. I do my best. It's deteriorating. <laughs> that's how all people from Texas sound like. I'm sorry if that offends you. I mean, it's not going to offend me. It may offend people from Texas. That's what they sound like. Why would they be offended by their own accent? That's exactly what they sound like. Ain't you never seen a Christmas tree before? What? That's exactly it. Got Thank it in you. one. Got it in two. Have you never? Both times. After, have you ever actually met anybody from Texas? 
Why is that relevant? Like, I want to know if you've, you know, you got the accent without ever having even heard a Texas accent. Actors do it all the time. Okay. Fair. They just wing it. First try. Just like I did. You're right. Anyway, I got that accent down perfectly. Voice Um, actor in the making. Yeah. Oh, um, then, (laughs) thank you. And then SpongeBob says, who's Christmas? Is she a friend from Texas? This part was interesting. The narrator, Patchy the Pirate, uh, narrates just in summary. And then Sandy explained the tale of Christmas to SpongeBob. And I assume that she explained the birth of Christ and the three wise men. What, what did they give him? They gave him some incense. Frankincense, myrrh, and... Incense, right? Gold? <laughs> gave him some nice candles. I think it's frankincense, myrrh, and gold. She told of the birth of Christ. I assume she's going to get to the death of Christ in a later Easter episode. Spoilers, he dies. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. If you haven't read the Bible, don't listen to this one. <laughs> so SpongeBob hears the tale of Christ, and he goes to the Krusty Krab and tells all of the customers about Christ. Um, I, yeah, I can I only assume. Right. What? I got it right. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. I googled it. Oh, okay. Good job, you filthy Christian. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the few things I actually remember. Cool. All right, what what were we saying? Oh, yeah, so SpongeBob uh, tells everyone about the story of Christ. Um, and he basically goes from door to door in Bikini Bottom, converting people to Christianity. <laughs> no, that's not what happens. <laughs> he becomes a missionary. Yeah. And immediately upon hearing the story of Christ, the residents of Bikini Bottom start asking for things. They constructed this device that just shoots these letters up to the surface, which is where Santa lives, I guess. That part sort of makes sense because, like, they live in the ocean. Like, there may be beings that live in the sky, but, like, I don't know where directly in the sky they live. So if I'm going to send something into the sky... I'm not going to shoot it directly into the sky. I'm just going to send it into the sky and hope for the best. Yeah, it's like how we send beacons full of classical music into space. It's just going in a random direction. The odds of it actually running into anything are slim to none. Mm -hmm. If I want to talk to a fish, I'll probably just tie a note to a rock and throw it in the ocean. Hope for the best. But the thing is, I'm not looking for a specific fish or a specific alien. Any old alien or fish or fish alien will do. I don't know. But this is their plan. So everyone in Bikini Bottom shoots their letters up to the surface, supposedly forever, right? Or until currents push them towards something. Yeah, imagine, like, going out to, like, a beach in Florida and finding a bunch of letters addressed to Santa. That would be the saddest day. Where did these come (laughs) from? And why do they want these things? Yeah, a new hairstyle, because one of the ladies asked for a new hairstyle. Somebody asked for uh, new front teeth. That was very nice. It was all really cute. Mr. Krabs wanted a pony with saddlebags full of money. That's true. It was really cute, because they were like, what did you wish for, Mr. Krabs? And he said, a pony. 
And for a second, I was like, aw. And then he said, with saddlebags full of money. And I was like, oh. That's typical okay. Mr. Krabs. Typical. What did make me go aw, though, was when SpongeBob said, all I want is for you to visit the gentle folk of Bikini Bottom. It was so nice. He doesn't want anything for himself. He just wants Santa to be there and see everyone. It's so nice. He just wants people to be happy. So the through line for this is that Squidward is not at any point buying any of this crap. He's like, Jesus isn't real SpongeBob. He's just a fairy tale. (laughs) There's an X for a reason. Keep the Christ out of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag war on Christmas. Hashtag why is my Starbucks cup not covered in crosses? Hashtag my manager wants me to tell everyone Merry Christmas, even if they're wearing a yarmulke. Rough. That's a direct quote. What a guy. Okay, yeah, so SpongeBob is shooting all of these letters into the sky. And as I said, this through line of um, Squidward just not buying this Santa thing. He's like, Santa's not real. You guys are all idiots. You're going to look so stupid when Santa doesn't show up. And he gave SpongeBob this convoluted insult. I don't remember. Do you remember? He used like a lot of like <laughs> five dollar words. The, I don't even remember the insult now. No, but I wrote down the reply, and that's what really matters. Yeah, I wrote down the reply, too. Do you want to read it? Maybe Santa will bring me a dictionary, so I'll understand what you said. Yeah, we both laughed for like a good 30 seconds. That was good stuff. (laughs) Uh, Then they go into the song sequence, uh, which is what I most remember from this episode. Mm -hmm. That's what stuck with me throughout the years. Like when I thought of Spongebob Christmas, it was this song. It Mm -hmm. was... Very first Christmas to me. Very first Christmas to me, yeah. And the part I remember is uh, Mr. Krabs' falsetto. After the, this first Christmas is like the... And then Mr. Krabs goes, very first Christmas to me. And he he does that like five times. And there was a point during the song... They have a line about mistletoe, and Squidward is underneath the mistletoe, and then he looks panicked and runs away. I am assuming because he was fearing that either Spongebob or Patrick would attempt to kiss him. But Spongebob is the one that immediately points it out, is the the thing that I noted and wrote down. Then he runs off, assuming that he does not want to... Receive a kiss from Spongebob or Patrick. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote gay question mark in my notes. I mean, that question was sitting there when I wrote down, like in my mind when I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. It's an implied note. question. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's an implied question throughout most of the show in my mind. But I guess the Christians who said Spongebob was gay were right. Yeah. Good, jo- good going, Christians. Especially in this episode where they defy Jesus Christ. I mean, it's all there. They figured it out. SpongeBob is a Jesus-hating homosexual, and that's why we love him. That's why he's the icon. That's why he's the gay icon. (laughs) At the end of the song, um, 
I wanted to point out they do a really cute thing. They put Patrick on top of the tree because he's a star. Yeah, that was cute. I loved that. It was so cute. And so this isn't a super musical episode. They have maybe like three songs, I want to say. And so as soon as they finish all of this, Santa's coming. Tonight, tonight, Santa's coming tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that line the whole time. And they sing it the whole night until the sun comes up. And it's so sad. This was the Mm -hmm. saddest thing I've ever seen on any show. We were both awing the whole time because we felt so bad for Spongebob. Everyone leaves except for Patrick and they're singing together. And then when Patrick leaves, I started to get really sad because even Patrick was leaving. They were insulting Spongebob too. Or like criticizing him. They were being mean to Spongebob. It's just like he's doing his best. He's trying. I know. Who they really should have blamed was Sandy. She's the one who who brought the story to them all. She came up with Christmas. She invented Christmas. Which, where was she throughout all these festivities? I assume she was just at her house. (laughs) I think she would join in, though. You would think. She started it. She should be there to end it, man. But you, like, never see her throughout any of the episode. She's having a private celebration. I want to call Nickelodeon and be like, hey, what's with that? I know this episode aired, like, 500 years ago, but I demand answers. (laughs) So it's here where Spongebob is at his lowest point. Tears in his eyes. (laughs) Tears in his eyes. Squidward emerges triumphant at the sight of Spongebob in this pitiful state. As he usually does, he sniffs out the sorrow like some (laughs) sort of creature. It's like pheromones, man. He's attracted to it, but not in that way. Not like pheromones, like something else. He's turned on by sadness. Is that what you're saying? I was just... No, I was trying to get away from that. (laughs) Not like... (laughs) What else makes people, like, draws bugs to things? <laughs> Light? Like a moth to a flame? <laughs> is that is that better? Is that sufficiently yes. sexless? Okay. Yes. You're doing your best. I know. So, like, a moth to a flame, he is drawn to Spongebob's tears. <laughs> and basically just points and laughs. Gotta have him. Yeah, okay, he takes a picture of him. And it made me think, do you know the secret box episode where Patrick has the secret box and it's revealed at the end what is inside the box is an embarrassing picture of Spongebob from the Christmas party? That made Patrick a real weirdo in my mind. It would make him a super real weirdo, but that's the only Christmas related picture of Spongebob that I know of. I mean, they could have had other... Christmas parties just because they didn't have a Christmas episode. That's because true. otherwise he's like he's just like super laughing off of SpongeBob's tears. Which to me yeah. is just weird. It's cruel. It's very cruel if this is the truth. Every time I see the Secret Box episode and it gets to that end part, I'm like I just have to think of that picture because it's the only one that I have a reference for. And it's very jarring. I'd imagine. 
Oh, and so what made us laugh is as Squidward is gloating over his supposed victory, um, a picture of a donkey shows up, like a photorealistic donkey, just sort of... With a Christmas hat. With a, It had a Christmas hat. It was really cute. But also, it was because they couldn't say the word ass. Which is what Squidward was being. Squidward was being an ass. He realizes this when SpongeBob gives him a present. SpongeBob gives it to him because he says he didn't want Squidward to feel out when everyone else got presents. So in a way, he sort of cheated the system by not believing in Santa. Um, he cheated the present system. Yeah, he would have been the only one to get a present because he was a skeptic. So remember, kids, if you want to get presents, you need to not believe in Santa. Follow your skepticism. Yeah. If it seems fishy... <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's not the moral of the story because there's like 10 more minutes to this episode <laughs> okay so squidward says i feel like a, I feel like a and then the donkey appears again because he feels like an ass in order to make things right squidward dons a santa claus costume which why did he just have that i mean he has a very extensive closet that might just be one of his outfits. One of his outfits, yeah. So he has this outfit, and he pretends to be Santa. And as we know, all SpongeBob wanted for Christmas was to have Santa come to Bikini Bottom. So, like... And bring joy to its denizens. Yeah. So mission accomplished there, and he was about to wrap it up and call it a day. Then a little girl shows up, and she's like, where's my present, Santa? <laughs> And this was so cute. You know what this reminds me of? You know the episodes, the April Fool's Day episode where Squidward plays a huge prank on SpongeBob, but it's like really mean-spirited and SpongeBob ends up crying. Yes. Yes. Because yes. All, all the people surround him uh, and it's uh, like, way to go, buddy. And And his mother shows up in his mind like, you stink. Yeah. That was good. And he tries to spend the rest of the episode making it up to him. And that just reminds me of this. It's sort of that genre, that brand of Spongebob episodes where we're sort of seeing it from Squidward's perspective of being a good person. Because mm -hmm. I feel like those are the best ones where you identify with Squidward because Spongebob's already like a perfect little angel, basically. <laughs> like he's the aspirational he's figure. Good. Yeah, yeah. So I always see myself in Squidward because he has the most to grow. So those are my favorite ones where Squidward learns from his mistakes and tries to help yeah. SpongeBob. It's always so sweet and it makes me like tear up. There's also the Friendship Day episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also where he gave good. him the pie. Yeah. yeah. The pie that's oh also a bomb. Spoilers. He cries you a sweater of tears and you kill him. It's the best. That was my sailor accent. Did you like it? Do you mean Mr. Krabs? Yeah. He's a sailor. Is he? He has a sailor accent. Oh. He lives in an anchor. And a crab trap. It's I thought good. it was a good accent. It's pretty good. Thank you. So, yeah, SpongeBob basically kills Squidward with kindness by being so nice and positive and then giving him this beautiful present. 
And so Squidward has to give everyone in the town some sort of present. So he just gives them, like, the things in his house. (laughs) All his furniture. Yeah, he's like, what do little girls like? My birth certificates? (laughs) My shaving cream? Uh, So he ends up giving her, like, a monkey wrench or something. Yep. And she's like, oh, what a pretty doll. Yeah, but that was also another cute thing, because he gave the one woman who wanted a new hairstyle, like, a bowl of mashed potatoes. And she just puts it on her head, like, finally, (laughs) a new look. That's sort of an interesting moral. Like, you can take anything. You can be happy with anything. Yeah, you can be happy with anything. And so Squidward ends up with nothing (laughs) in his house anymore. And he's all sad about it. He's like, well, what good did this do me? I just gave away all my possessions. Yeah, and he's like, I really gave away everything in my house just to make SpongeBob happy. Then SpongeBob knocks on his door, and it's really sweet. Because he's just ranting about how much fun he had and how great it was to see Santa. And I guess that's sort of like, this is what you get for Christmas, Squidward. You made other people happy, which I think is like... It's good. It's good. Like, as far as morals go, that's some pretty good shit. And I think deep in Squidward's cold heart, he also knows (laughs) it's good. Yeah. God, I love Squidward so much. Squidward's what we all ended up growing up to become. He's the best. He really is. Then we cut back to Patchy and it's like... (laughs) It was just kind of stupid. I don't know why he was there, actually. I don't either. <laughs> One thing I wanted to note was when um, a pot like Potty lays a bunch of eggs on his head, and one of them is like wrapped up in a bow. It looked kind of like a Yoshi egg, like it was white with green spots. Mm-hmm. I wondered if that was a Mario reference. Mm. I don't know. I don't know why it would be, but I just thought that was fun. And they don't really do anything. Oh, except we do the mistletoe thing again, where um. Uh, Patchy is under the mistletoe and he's like, somebody's gotta kiss me, ha ha ha. And then Potty tries to kiss him. Which I don't know what he was expecting. I know, like, who else is in the room? Yeah, who else is in the house with you except for your parrot? Like, I assume a camera crew, since he's talking directly to the camera, he's aware of their existence. And then he does scream after Potty repeatedly tries to kiss him. We talked about this! Which, I mean, consent is important, so the bird needs to back off, but... That's true. I mean, who else was he expecting to kiss him? Maybe he was just expecting Spongebob to show up. Speaking of consent. Interesting transition. Not the greatest one, but it's something. (laughs) It's It's a Spongebob Christmas. They did take the mailman's truck. Like, they did kidnap him. Oh, that was a good transition. Good job. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I forgot they did that. Also, I spent the first probably two minutes of this episode just cackling. <laughs> Why? Because, because it was so shitty. Okay, so set up. Like, once again, this is a patchy and potty framed episode. Uh, but this time they are claymation? The whole episode is claymation. Basically, if you have ever seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The claymation. Yeah, the claymation version of it. The opening with the mail truck. It's just that. It's just that. 
Except for, instead of a guy getting out of his mail truck, it's Patchy has kidnapped the man with the mail truck mm-hmm. and is now telling the story of SpongeBob while he's tracking down Santa. Yeah, so he stole the mail truck so he could deliver his uh, letter to Santa personally. I'll be real, I haven't watched the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie since I was like eight. So if there's any like really... It's on freeform every year. I'm... I mean... If I wanted to watch it, I would. I don't really have a desire to watch it, is the reason I haven't watched it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, if there's any like deep references to that movie, I did not know. I did not pick up on them. That was part of the reason I was laughing. Oh. Maybe I would have enjoyed the episode more if I had the background knowledge. Aw, oh, crap. Give me a second. I need to plug in my laptop. All right. Sorry. I think this has peanut butter in it. Hey kids, let's find out if this has peanut butter in it. It's real good. Enjoy my awful editing, editing out the awful sounds of me chewing. Okay, I'm back. What's up? I'm wrecking hell on your editing work. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm chewing. Hey, uh, I'm going to take a big, nasty gulp of water. I also found out my peanut butter allergy still exists. Oh, that's fun. Because I'm eating something that I thought tasted, smelled like peanut butter, my tongue immediately mm. started burning. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. As soon as my the peanut butter touched my <laughs> touched my tongue. God, I'm looking over my notes for this episode and just remembering everything. There's so many more notes for this one than the other one. There's an equal amount of notes for me. I just want to say that the intro, like the intro theme song, was so much worse for this one. Yeah. It was a bunch of little kids singing. It was like a children's chorus. Like, like usually we have the SpongeBob SquarePants, like that's a bunch of little kids. But the whole thing was children. This was like a children's like school concert that they recorded. Yeah, I feel like it was like... It was like the director's 500 children were all invited to sing this. This was the children they collected off the street outside the studio. And then it ends with la 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 Christmas. <laughs> just, to, just to make sure you understand, this is the yeah. Christmas episode. Yeah, if the reef and the sleigh bells did not give it away, we're just going to have a bunch of children yell Christmas. You have to know. You have to know. I don't know. And this is a musical episode. I think even more so than Christmas Who. Oh, yeah. Because it starts with music, which I I just want to say, like, I know Tom Kenny, like, can sing. I've heard him sing in Adventure Time. Uh, Other episodes of SpongeBob. He plays the Ice King. Does he really? The The Ice King, yeah. I've not watched more than six episodes of Adventure Time. It's good shit. I've thought about watching it. Isn't there gay stuff in there? Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it in a while, though. Mm. They just finished it. It ended gay. As all things should. (laughs) Of course. They should start, continue, and end gay. Okay. (laughs) What were we saying? Oh, yeah. I know Tom Kenny is capable of singing, but... For some reason, Spongebob's 
singing voice in this was just like really deep. I don't know if it was like the key or if he had like a sore throat, but he just sounded like yeah, one of my first Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one of my first notes was SpongeBob singing is the most upsetting for me so far. My very first note is his voice is a nightmare. Like we just heard him sing in uh Christmas Who and it was fine. This time it was like croaky. I don't know. Not even croaky, like really low. Like something about SpongeBob speaking in a low pitch is upsetting. It was it's not what was intended. I guess, like, props for originality, because all of the Christmas Who songs were, like, well, most of the Christmas Who songs were, like, based off of well-known Christmas songs, right? Do you remember? I can't even remember I any can't of remember the songs. the songs. God. I'm remembering, like, the plot points somewhat, but not the songs. And, like, stuff about Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of these were pretty original, so I'm trying to remember, like, Santa, Santa, Santa has his jolly little eyes on me, was the chorus Mm -hmm. of the first song, and everyone sings this at least once, Mm -hmm. right? Like, most of the characters. Yeah, and each of them, I'm pretty sure, has their own variation of it. Right, right. So they all talk about what they want for Christmas. Uh, Mr. Krabs obviously wants money. Plankton wants the secret formula. Uh, Patrick has this whole plot line. Not even a plot line, just sort of a recurring joke where he's trying to capture Santa. And I don't really know why. I No, because he wanted it to be Christmas all year round. Mm-hmm. That was his whole thing. So he's, like, trying to lay traps for Santa, and he keeps getting caught in his own traps. Which Spongebob just continues going on and just doesn't even bother. Like, he's caught in a box, and he it's been established he probably doesn't know how to get out of that box. I know, like, just lift the box. He's your best friend. I mean, I know he probably shouldn't capture Santa, but you gotta support your friends. Support your friends' goals, even if sometimes they're not the smartest. Exactly. So Plankton, the whole episode is centered around Plankton's evil plan. Um, He wants to get the secret formula for Christmas, but he never gets it because he's bad. He's terrible. He's naughty. He's on the naughty list. So... (laughs) So he's going to feed everybody in town jerktonium. This new yeah. element that he's discovered. I just want to, like, I learned about this plot point when we were reading the summary on, what is it, Spongepedia? Is that what it's called? What was it? Encyclopedia Spongebobia. Okay, okay, good. We got it. So the sentence was something like, Plankton injects... Here, I will pull it up so I can, I'll you read get it. The exact I'll quote. read it word get the exact for quote. word. In the special, Plankton tries to convince Spongebob to transform everybody in Bikini Bottom into jerks by feeding them his special jerktonium-laced fruitcakes in order to get his Christmas wish. It was that. It was those words. Special jerktonium-laced fruitcakes. Those four words in that specific order made me want to die. 
Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, because it draws up a very specific image of what jerktonium is in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's the same thing in your mind. Unfortunately, it is. Jerktonium laced fruitcake. Special jerktonium laced fruitcake. The word special makes it... All the worse. All the worse. Okay. It just makes it terrible, honestly. It makes it really bad. So the thing that jerktonium does is, you guessed it, turns people into jerks. So he puts it in his fruitcake and gives some to Spongebob. He force feeds Spongebob a lot. He does. Remember, this is all in claymation. And, like, it looks pretty good Hmm. for, like... You know, like a Nickelodeon production. I know um, Gravity Falls did a claymation production and it had about the same level of quality. So, like, props for going the extra mile uh, to make it look this good. But when SpongeBob takes the first bite of fruitcake, his two buck teeth sort of extend from his mouth like two pinchers with minds of their own mm-hmm. and i don't like that i didn't like that also in like the next the taste buds the taste buds yep yep that's, oh god that's the note i was about to say like there is a close-up on his taste buds which just look like a bunch of individual faces on his tongue oh god i think they say like here it comes boys and then there is just a wave of he says it's like a present for my mouth. And then there is just a wave of fruitcake where they are screaming in joy. It looks like he just ate a bunch of lice and they all stuck to his tongue. It was upsetting, to say Very the least. upsetting. I think that's where a lot of my laughing came from this episode is... <laughs> just like the sheer disturbing nature of the imagery. Yeah, I didn't know what to do, so I just laughed. It's... The brain's best defense mechanism. So, Spongebob eats, like, ten fruitcakes, probably. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Plankton has this, like, fruitcake dispensing machine. I don't know why he couldn't just give people fruitcakes. Because he's very small. Because he's very small? And it okay. would take him time. He could just have, like, a trolley or, like, a golf cart. This gets the point across. And it's festive. That's true. So he gives up because Spongebob isn't turning into a jerk. So he's just like, ah, screw it. He doesn't say screw it. And I guess he just gives the fruitcake dispensing machine to Spongebob. Is that how that worked out? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so somehow Spongebob has dominion over this device. And so he, being a good-natured person starts giving fruitcakes to everyone in Bikini Bottom. And when people eat it, a horrible things happens to them. They start turning into assholes. No, no, the, the transformation sequence itself. Like a reverse anime girl, there's a fart sound. Like they eat it, and then there's a fart sound. And there's like these ribbons that flutter around them as they transform. And they all get unibrows and five o'clock shadows because that equals out to jerk. Yeah, if you don't sleep and have 
a lot of facial hair. And you don't pluck your eyebrows. You're a jerk. Go get your eyebrows threaded at the mall, guys. It's the only way. And make sure you shave, according it's to It's the only SpongeBob. way to get presents for Christmas. <laughs> so, SpongeBob being a good person turns everyone in Bikini Bottom into jerks. He goes to, like, a Christmas parade and Santa Claus, like, um... Or a Santa Claus mascot, not the real Santa Claus, because we established that Santa Claus is real in this universe. The Santa Claus at the parade eats one, and he, like, what does he do? It's like there's a kid in his lap. This kid is just going on and on about everything he wants. And the yeah, Santa yeah, he wants, like, a race car, he wants all that crap. And says, well, why don't you get a job so you can buy all this stuff? And then I think he may throw him off his lap. Yeah, I think he also told him to brush his teeth, like his breath smelled bad. Mm-hmm. Which, fair. I mean, probably. Probably. Just look at him. I don't know many 10-year-olds that are very good with hygiene. And so, um, Spongebob finally goes to Sandy's house uh, to give her a fruitcake. And I want to get this right. What's the name of the machine? Okay, she has a th- device called, I wrote this down, the Christmas Magic Analyzer Machine. Is the name of her machine. That's a mouthful. That's a lot. It's very specific. And it was sort of established earlier. Like she was doing some Christmas studies and she was just throwing like Christmas ornaments into it for unknown purposes. To test it. To test it. For what? (laughs) To see if it worked. If what worked... The Christmas magic analyzer. But what does it do? What is it analyzing? The Christmas magic of the item. What what's she gonna do with that information? Science. Science Okay. So she has this Christmas magic analyzer and SpongeBob somehow gets the fruitcake in it and she yells at him for it she yells at him but then she discovers that they're laced with jerktonium yeah are you falling asleep no i'm just realizing how much i didn't like this episode (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, she talks about how like just plays up how they are the worst thing in existence to have this jerktonium mm-hmm And she analyzes Spongebob and she says, well, it didn't work on you because of a combination of your tiny brain and pure heart, which I think is kind of mean. Why is everyone being so mean to Spongebob? I don't mean the characters. I mean the writers. Why do they decide that Spongebob's stupid? He's not stupid. He's just very kind hearted. He's just really nice. Patrick's a stupid one. Yeah, really. (laughs) Oh, I don't like this. Why is Spongebob stupid? Because it fits in for comedic effect. I guess. I mean, if you want it to be funny, just make all of your characters stupid. They have to have some smart ones, or otherwise it's the average. I guess. So they can seem stupider by comparison. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, then they sing a song. They discover that the way to break the... the what is it? The chemical jerktonium? The way to make them snap out of it 
is to sing a song called Don't Be a Jerk, It's Christmas. Which just singing the first bar snapped Sandy out of it. And she did an anime girl (laughs) transformation back into herself. She did. It was beautiful. So after they finish this song and turn everybody back to normal, and it's not a very good song, I'm sorry. Did you like the song? How was the song? It's it's a very memorable song for me, but to say that it was super great is, it's not something I can really say. Yeah, so they sing this song, everyone's back to normal, it's great, and then Santa shows up. I want to know why he looked like that. Do you know what I mean? I honestly can't remember what Santa looked like. Look up a picture. He had like elf ears and a pig nose and he was sort of balding. And at one point I wrote this down. um, He was being attacked by Plankton's machine. And SpongeBob says, you put that jolly elf down, you tin imposter. Like he's supposed to be an elf. What is Santa but an overgrown elf? He's a human being. (laughs) The elves choose a leader. (laughs) Oh. What? Are you looking at him? Yeah. Terrifying, right? Yeah. Horrific, no? (laughs) Gruesome, is it not? (laughs) He's got, like, spots. Yeah, he's hideous to behold. Ugh. I mean, is there like a Spongebob Christmas lore that I missed where Santa's an elf? Like a really big, ugly elf? Because in the previous episode, Christmas Who, we see the human version of Santa. Is this Santa of the sea? The elves choose a president elf, and that is the Santa. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. That's just a guess. (laughs) Okay. I mean, how do you think he ended up as Santa? No, that sounds right. That's the closest thing I can think of that could conceivably be the case. They have elven democracy. And then, one more thing. When they finally go away, the sleigh, like, is steam-powered. Like, there's a couple of, like, like, blasts of steam that shoot them up into the air. It's not magic. It's steam. Steampunk magic. I guess. (laughs) Is he going for this new aesthetic? Hey, I mean, respect. Santa has to mix up his look every once in a while or it gets stale. I guess so. I mean, if you look at throughout our lives, Santa has changed his look. Has he? Yeah. What What did he look like before? If you, uh, I don't know. Now there's like Hawaiian <laughs> Christmas, like there's a Santa right. in like a Hawaiian shirt, but it used to be like, I always saw Santa as like a wizened old man that you saw on like Coke. Now he's got a dad Coke bod. Cups. He's dad bod Santa. He's a dilf. Yeah, now he's a dilf. Yeah, that's the change. Santa trimmed up and became a dilf. He's a new sexy Santa. With steam, steampunk 
slays. Yeah. He became a DILF and he adopted steampunk aesthetics. Exactly. <laughs> God, that's not a sentence I ever thought I'd say. <laughs> no, embrace it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm all for it, but like... Okay. Anyway, we lost the plot. Plankton has this <laughs> machine that looks like SpongeBob. Um, and it's evil. And this was pretty funny. It didn't make me laugh, but I can appreciate the humor inherent in the situation. And it says, I am ready to destroy Christmas. You know how SpongeBob says he's ready? Yeah. He says that a couple times. It's pretty good. And so Santa mistakenly believes that this metal version of SpongeBob is the real SpongeBob. And he's like, ah, SpongeBob, you suck. You're getting coal. (laughs) I know you're right in front of me, but you're also right there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So Santa turns into an elf and stupid. He just loses object permanence because he turned his head away. I guess so. And he became an elf. Kind of a downgrade. A little bit. Oh, well. But yeah, I think they just punch it a lot until it dies. Right? Like, that's how they solve the puzzle. Yeah, pretty much. That's how they... (laughs) That's how they get out of this situation. I figured it'd be the wind-up key ran out. (gasps) That is it! Okay, you're right. The wind-up key ran out, and... That was it. Because I remember the key being shown in frame... Like, yeah, yeah, right it's like Chekhov's gun. They show it, and then later it becomes relevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, okay. Gotta show your pro- plot-relevant items mm-hmm. so it doesn't seem like you're making shit up. Isn't that what storytelling is, though? We're just making shit up. But make shit up better. True. Oh, we sort of lost the patchy and potty thread, which is fine because it was kind of bad. But they finally, like, get to where they believe Santa is, and they've been through a lot. They haven't eaten. They started seeing each other looking like food and trying to cannibalize each other. Uh, And they finally think they see Santa, and Patchy sort of, like, floats up, and then he, like, floats back down, but slightly closer to him. I thought he was going to sit in Santa's lap. Like, you know how you do mm-hmm. at the mall. Instead, he floats down onto the steps. So he's, like, yeah. sort of sitting at Santa's knees. Like a peasant beseeching his king. But then it turns out it was another hallucination, and it's actually, like, a uh, Bigfoot or whatever. Polar bear. And then we cut away to the real Santa, and he's like, um, you kidnapped a mail carrier yeah and you stole a mail truck you are definitely a naughty boy yeah and then it was like wacka wacka and it ended (laughs) so how would you rate we forgot to rate the first one how would you rate one and then the other um i don't know i give (laughs) It's a Spongebob Christmas, like, four Christmas-shaped sponges, Mm -hmm. if we're getting festive. (laughs) Because, like... What's a Christmas-shaped sponge? The sponges they bring out for the holidays. 
What? Do they bring sponges out for the holidays? Do they? I meant a Christmas tree-shaped sponge, but I think I forgot to say the word tree, and I just stopped at Christmas. (laughs) Okay. I was like, what's the shape of Christmas? (laughs) I didn't realize it had a shape. (laughs) Okay. Look deep in your heart. What shape does it take? The Shape of Christmas by Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of ten Christmas-shaped sponges. (laughs) The only reason I give it a four out of ten is because, like... It did make me laugh quite a bit, even if just because, like, I didn't know what else to do. It was... <laughs> Props for making you feel an emotion. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's hard to do anymore, so Even if it was a visceral, carnal emotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... And just, like, there's just so much of it that, like, drew back to, like, like, I used to love watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'd watch it year-round up until I was, like, ten or so. I think it always freaked me out. I feel like I couldn't watch it because it always freaked me out. I mean, to be fair, I also watched The Brave Little Toaster. Okay, you just had that explains a lot actually how often did you watch that flick i mean according to my parents it was my favorite movie and i watched it a lot which could explain a lot about me i can't watch that today it freaks me out i can't watch it now it freaks me the hell out (laughs) they're just murdering all of those toasters all of those cars. There was a and whole computers. song about murdering cars, and it. Dude, I still have nightmares about that. I can't. <laughs> we can't go down this road. No. Okay, I'm going to rate Christmas Who. I'm going to rate it seven Christmas-shaped sponges. <laughs> um. The three is deducted mostly because of Patchy and Potty. I kind of hate them. Yeah. Every time they're in an episode, I'm like, ugh, these clowns. Yeah, I think I'm also at seven for Mm -hmm. about the same reason. Yeah. It's just like, and I used to like the episodes with Patchy and Potty, but like the more I watch them Mm -hmm. now, like the more more obnoxious they get. They're really bad. It's just one of those things where it's just like, why did I like this as a kid? Why was this I good? think it was just sort of the novelty of it. Like, oh, we very rarely see these guys. Yeah. Let's see what they have to offer. Usually nothing. It's real people like us loving SpongeBob. <laughs> I know. There are others. But no, they actually suck. Also, uh, Patrick gave some really good advice in that episode, which is never trust a genie. True, because he compared Santa to a genie. And you really shouldn't trust a genie. Except for the one from Aladdin. I love that guy. 
I mean, of course, you trust that genie, but otherwise, don't yeah. trust them. Mm-hmm. Just like in Fairly Odd Parents, where they're like, genies are tricky, if you remember mm-hmm. that episode. God, that was a weird show. I kind of hated it. Norm appeared a lot in the, those Yeah. for a bit. Yeah. What do you rate Christmas Who? I told you, seven. Seven out of ten you Christmas did? sponges. Oh, you did tell me, yeah. For the same reason, because I... Yeah, I love the rest of it, though, so yeah. much. Squidward is my homeboy. I would die for Squidward. I would kill for Squidward. It didn't It didn't make me laugh as much, but, like, it gave me it that, like... It made me go, oh, it made me sad. <laughs> it gave me that, like, warm, happy feeling of, like, nostalgia. Yeah. It gave me that. Which, like, It's a SpongeBob Christmas did that a little bit for me, too, but not nearly as much. Whenever Spongebob cries, like, I want to cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I guess I'll just say happy holidays. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't be a jerk. It's Christmas. <laughs> That's prob- Is that how that goes? I don't even remember the tune. Yeah, it is because that that's that's, that, that's the SpongeBob song that gets stuck in my head all the time. Okay, then you take us away because I don't remember how it goes. Don't be a jerk. It's Christmas. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't get through it without laughing. You did it. You were almost there. I can't do that again. <laughs> don't be a jerk. It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. We did it. We did it. Ahoy, everybody! SpongeBob here! Christmas means presents and mistletoe, sharing and caring. So during this most festive season, please don't be a jerk. Bring 